This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On this week's episode, we got Elliot back with us talking about our weekly hunt updates. Um, Elliot was down with flu, and I got out on a weekend hunt. So without further ado, let's hear from our sponsors. And we'll jump right into the podcast. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention, our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we have partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at the shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at... 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com and did I mention if you're not in the area they also do shipping so that's great be sure to check them out guys we'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at white rock decoys be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks silhouettes and fully collapsible floater decoys We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. What's going on folks? I'm Jordan Frommer from the Duck Gun Podcast. We are back. And I got my co-host alongside me, Elliot Graybeard, freelance duck hunting. How you doing tonight, Elliot? I'm doing good. I'm I'm off the sick. I guess in the football they call it the pup, physically unable to able unable to perform. So I have been missing podcasts. I've been missing hunts. I've been laying on the couch. My wife is like so freaking sick of me being sick. I tell you, I like I, I, she's a saint because I'll tell you what. I don't tend, I don't hardly get sick that often. So I don't get that much sympathy when people are sick. It's like hard for me to like nine days. If she was sick for nine days, I wouldn't handle it nearly as well as what she did. 
seriously. She thought she had a bad attitude sometimes. I'm like, seriously. I was like, you did way better than I would have done because I was on the couch dying for nine days. But I'm ready to roll. Ready to go. I am definitely uh, ready to rule as well. Um, I got one hunt to talk about from this last week. Uh, you know, been out doing a ton of scouting and all that kind of stuff as well. But how many hunts you got to talk about this week, Elliot? I got one hunt to talk about, and then I've got up hunting, upcoming hunts to talk about. All right, well, let's just uh, go ahead, and we'll start with your hunt. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into that one. Okay, so um, I explained this a little bit. I don't know which podcast. This podcast is probably going to come out before the one we just recorded. Okay, so um, on over Thanksgiving break, I normally hunt twice. I'll normally hunt a Wednesday and then either Black Friday or Saturday. And so I give my family three days, and I, I give myself two days. So this, you know, I'd been hunting a ton the weekend before we just had our hunt trip where I did three day hunts in a row and man, we smashed them. I think I shot 19 birds in three hunts. Um, some of which were geese. So the, for those of you that are sticklers, like you shot over his limit. You know, I shot a few geese in there. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, anyway, I just smashed them. And so when it came to Wednesday, the, I was off work and I'm like, you know what? i just need to spend this with my family. Let's do yard work. and. Um, I won't hunt that day, which I, that's the first Wednesday I haven't hunted forever. turns out I probably should have gone out on that day because we did the yard work and I had those, like these muscle aches that day. Right. I'm like, wow, those, those, those pains are weird over the night on Wednesday. I could not sleep, woke up Thursday morning and was like, just running a fever sick as crap. So I'm like, I can't even go to Thanksgiving, miss Thanksgiving. Um, Friday comes around still totally sick on Friday. Saturday, um, I'm like, I'm still holding out hope that I can hunt Saturday and, and winter storm Bruce is coming on Sunday. And that's when I really want to hunt. Cause Aiden's been working on me. It's like, let's, let's hunt winter storm Bruce. Let's hunt winter storm Bruce. It's going to be like 25 mile an hour winds, blizzard conditions. I'm like, that would be, I love those kind of conditions. I would love a video in those kind of conditions. So let, let's do it. So Saturday rolls around and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to get out just for a short afternoon hunt boat ride nothing too strenuous and just kind of as a tester to see it's supposed to be like 60 degrees just to kind of see how i feel um which i because you know when you're sick it's like during the day you start feeling pretty decent and then at the night it like knocks you out right is that how it is for you when you get sick too uh honestly it's opposite i feel terrible when i wake up you know i can't like my throat's terrible and by the evening i think i'm all right but then i wake up the next day i'm like oh i'm still sick <laughs> Yeah, for me, I've got a window from like noon to five where I feel pretty decent. In fact, on Friday, Nevin and I spent that whole time putting together this this um, dresser, and I felt I felt actually pretty good. But then by the time it took us a long time because I'm not very mechanically inclined, but <laughs> by the end of it, like five o'clock, we were trying to finish this thing up, and I was like a hurting unit. So normally, like when the sun goes down, it kicks my butt again. But Saturday, I'm like, I want to get out. I want to go out with my dad and with my golden and just. Did I say I'm with my golden? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, that's how it is. Um, and get out and just put the boat in, run up this arm of this lake and try, you know, just shoot a few birds here in the evening. I think I can do it. And everything was going well until um, I got out there and we had been hunting for like an hour and all of a sudden the chills hit me. Th this, this illness I had, it's like freezing chills. And then if you can get rid of the chills, you burn and sweat. It was like no in between. 
And so mm. I got the chills out there and I ended up spending about 45 minutes of this hunt, like huddled under a tree with everyone's extra clothes bundled all over me at 60 degrees. Um, and I'm like, okay, this sucks. I can't, I can't hunt winter storm Bruce, which Aiden didn't do well. Anyway, he went out anyway and didn't do well. So, um, but I, so I can't, so I got out on Thanksgiving break for don't like, mean, a, don't you mean you're, you're golden? Sorry. My golden, my, my golden <laughs> didn't do very well um, that day. But so I, I knew, I knew from my little 60 degree, I was freezing 60 degrees that there's no way I was going out the next day. So then Monday, luckily on Monday, we had a snow day. So I'm like, sweet. So it, it, this came at the perfect time. Cause it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five days in a row. I'm sick and I haven't missed a day of school yet. So I'm like, sweet Monday rolls around. I'm still sick. Miss school Tuesday, third Wednesday, Thursday. It's like day after day. I'm still running this 101 fever. Can't figure out whether I've got, they say I don't have pneumonia. I don't have flu, but it's just like, it will not go away. Finally, I think I'm good on Thursday. Fever comes back Thursday. And I miss Friday. So I, I basically used all the rest of my sick days at work with this, mm. which you and I actually had to change our hunt trip a little bit because of it. Um, because I have no days left. I have like half a day I can use left. Um, so then I miss ended up missing the next Saturday hunt too. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was, uh, so I feel like I haven't really been full on hunting for like three weeks. Uh, this Saturday, it'll be three weeks. I've been on one little pathetic 60 degree hunt where I laid under a tree. <laughs> so that's kind of been my world. I'm, I'm finally back and feeling well. And this Saturday I'm ready to go. I told Beth, uh, my wife, I was like, well, it may not be a short one Saturday. <laughs> this one might be a long one. <laughs> nice. Nice. So that, that was my one, my one big hunt was that afternoon laying under a tree we actually ended up having a really fun time and i put the video out on monday and you know no ducks were killed in the filming of this hunt let me tell you um we kicked about 60 ducks out of this little corner and they kind of tried to come back but they landed out in open water and we basically just watched a beautiful sunset um fumbles and golden and myself and told some funny stories about golden pooping his pants did you watch that video by chance yep can you believe he soaked in his own diarrhea for two and a half hours? Was it that bad? I guess when I heard the video, I didn't imagine it. I, I imagine he said it was running down to his knee. He said it was uh, running to his knee. Yeah. So yeah, it was that bad. Oh man. And he man. just, he just, <laughs> what's it called when you let something simmer in juice? Uh, Basque ba uh, base. No, what's it called? That word. Uh, when you let it, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of words. Uh, <laughs> based when you based something, I think. Anyway, he 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 diaried his pants twice and sat in and hunted for two and a half oh, hours. Did he uh, limit out or anything? He shot five. He had a great hunt. He had, wow. a, he had a he had a great hunt. Yeah. I I he mean, at some point, it's worth it, right? <laughs> yeah, but I just think that I'm gonna sneak away and wash myself off in the cold water. At some I, think, point. I don't I don't know I don't know I, I I commend him for not going home. I will say that. Yeah. That one's a little iffy. What I don't know what I'd do put in that place. Yeah, that's a lot. It's oh, a lot of time to sit in it. If uh, you know it's gonna be a good hunt and you got a lot of layers on, you can't smell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The last group, I guess they sat down like eighteen mallards. Oh, wow. um, on their lap. He was he ran into some guy and ended up hunting with some with. Some, and I think that's one reason why he concealed it because he was hunting with some guy he didn't know during this. <laughs> and I so guess I, he actually confessed it to the guy that he had pooped his pants. 
Those, those birds scared the crap out of him, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Well, he got a, he got a parasite in Guatemala. Is what uh, happened. Oh wow. So so anyway, the the video is basically us just around a fire. Aiden's telling his story about you know pooping his pants out duck hunting, and uh, the videos. Eh, you know, I mean, if you like if you like toilet humor, you're gonna like the video. If you don't, you're gonna hate it. <laughs> but we, no, none guess, of us even came close to pulling the trigger on that hunt, though. I guess that's probably the only time in his life he could say he shot a limit and still had a crappy hunt. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually a pretty good. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it gives a whole new term to full immersion. <laughs> yeah, mm. that was a good one. So that that was my big hunt since we last talked. <laughs> All right, so yeah, um, for me, honestly, these last couple of weeks I've been scouting so hard. It's kind of. We mentioned it in our next podcast where we're talking about weather and thawing and dethawing. Uh, we've been just shifts of weather where it's been like two days to three days of freezing to two days of really warm, like jumping all the way back to the 50s and rain, just tons of rain. So it's so hard to get a beat on the birds um, and so hard to get like the perfect scout. And so, I mean, I'm talking like I'm scouting morning and evening multiple times during the week and we just have like... Oh, there's another part of the story too. So we had this, this field, we finally found the birds and it was going to be right before, um, you know, the warm up. So we had all these birds working in this area. We find them in the field feeding and we're talking like hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of mallards and geese, but geese are out right now. Um, and so I was middle like, yeah, of last I mean, week. You can't, you can't shoot them right now. You mean? Yeah. So they have, our splits are weird where the geese and ducks, um, go in and out of different times. <laughs> Okay. Um, so geese are out of season. Ducks are still in season. And this field is just full of ducks and geese. Um, and so we're like, yes, we have permission on this field. Um, it's one that we have permission prior. And, like, we're literally making our strategy. Like, uh, this is Wednesday. We found them. Like, let's get on them. Thursday, we're going to go after them. And um, we get everything aligned. And then, so that was Tuesday we found them. So we're going to hunt them on Thursday. It was the plan. Um, we're going to scout them on Wednesday to make sure we get the time right when they're coming in there to know which time to be in there and then hunt it Thursday. And we come back Wednesday and the farmer is plowing the cornfield. <laughs> oh my and, gosh. And that we're just talking, sums up your whole year, man. Yeah, it really does. Like we literally like, we're like, finally we're getting a break and like, it literally is the most ducks I've ever seen in the field. And, um, <laughs> during like, you know, we're having migration numbers where uh, I went out there and sat Wednesday night, even though the farmer was plowing, um, to scout it and he's, he's plowing up in the field and we're kind of seeing like, is he going to get done? Is he going to leave a section and have to stop? Is there going to be the birds landing in a different field? Cause he's plowing. So trying to figure it out. And literally I'm sitting there across the field, um, and watching through, my binoculars as he's plowing in part of the field and waves of like 300 mallards are coming in and they're just like, and they dropped from the sky, you know, they're just migrators for sure. Uh, and they just dropped from the sky and they circle and they circle and they circle and they get low, like so low that I'm losing them in the tree line and then they come back around a circle and then they just waves of like 300 and then, you know, they skirt off cause you know, this guy's plowing the field and then another huge wave of 300 drops in there and oh my 
gosh. <laughs> and I just watched like a thousand birds work this field. And then they fly off. They fly off to like the northwest. And I couldn't, I could never figure out where they're going, what field they're using. And so, <laughs> that is so this year for you. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that sums up my season for sure. The season of almost. We've had so many hunts where we've said this is the one. And we, I mean, we've had some good hunts now, so I can't just say it that everything's been a bust but like for the amount of birds we've seen the amount of scouting and the amount of hunts that we thought were going to be just like blowout smash hunts <laughs> it's been a little bit of a letdown so um that hunt got busted so then um keep scouting after that trying because we have so many birds in that area it's just about figuring out what fields are going to be because they roost on this big pond this big lake it's not a pond <laughs> that's what a big pond is a lake they're uh, roosting on this lake but it's in a, a populated area um and that's pretty much how all the lakes are in indiana you're not going to find a lake that you can really hunt i mean you can hunt them but there's houses all the way around it so not not my kind of style of hunting if i can help it um so they roost out there and they go out to feed so we go find them on the feeds find them in the ditches uh that kind of stuff and it's just all about finding these birds because they're in the area and so we do find them and we end up waiting um we had one good ditch that was just loaded with them uh just absolutely loaded and (laughs) um we wait on it you know weather change and kind of missed missed our chance chance on that one as well so uh, we did go out on a Saturday hunt. We had another ditch with a little slough on there out in a field that was holding some birds. And um, really, really good winds for it, you know, 15, 16-mile-per-hour winds. Uh, early morning hunt, but like I said, not a ton of birds using that. So we had kind of the first light shoot, and um, we shot five mallards, and that was into that hunt. Um, that was, we had a big rainstorm coming in after that. And so we kind of got out before we got drenched and, um, now we're back on the scout trying to figure out this week. This is the last week of our duck split, um, until late season. So, uh, hopefully we find something here in the next few days to end the first split on a strong, um, strong hunt. Don't you have guys coming up there this weekend? No, so that was actually supposed to be last weekend, and it was right about the time that I realized the the farmer was plowing that field. Um, before that, we didn't have any birds, and so um, Matt from High Prairie Sportsman was had a big storm coming, so he decided that he wasn't going to come, and I didn't really know about the birds. And then same thing, I told um, the other guy coming, Mid Valley Mercenary, I'm like, I, I really don't know if it's going to be worth it, so... Um, and for him, he's got to fly and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah. we ended up kind of canceling the trip, maybe postponing it, um, which okay. would have been a good thing because it wouldn't have been worth coming to my area, mm-hmm. unfortunately. If they would have came the week yeah. before where we had all the birds, you know, would have been awesome. So, But that's the hard thing about planning out-of-state trips and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, because you have to do it on a calendar. Like, you know, um, when you're supposed to come up here, I – there will be birds in the area, but this time of year, who who knows? I mean, we could get skunk. We could shoot a limit. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can promise you. My, my plan for when you come up is that um, I will try to get my dad and Golden Scout scouting as much as I I can a couple days before that. I don't know how much they can. So we will go. We will hit it the first day, and if it looks terrible um, on the first day, we'll get out of there and just spend that whole day scouting. 
um, and try to set set up set ourselves up for the second day. Um, surely, with enough scouting and driving over a two day period of time, I, I think we can find something. Um, I've I've lost track of what's going on because um, I had them patterned what was going on, and then we had Hurricane or Hurricane. I keep saying that Winter Storm <laughs> Bruce come in. And since Winter Storm Bruce, I've kind of lost track of as far as what's around, where they're at, whether they're in the marshes. I've heard a few things from people, but I just don't really, I don't really know. And then, so we're going to have a freeze here over the next three nights. And I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what's, what's going on. So hopefully, hopefully Saturday I'll get a good feel for what's happening and, and where the birds are at. But I feel, I feel kind of in the dark um as to what's going on with the birds but i'll I'll get a better idea of of what's going on and where they are and i I bet you we can find surely we can find some to at least i mean if if we can shoot two three ducks a hunt over those two days i'll be happy i and i say that about all my hunts i mean if i can you know you just don't want those skunk hunts yeah for sure Um, And, and if it's no good at least you'll get to see um my area and what it's like here and what the environment looks like and just see what i've been missing out on my whole life and (laughs) yeah and just and just see what what the difference is but let's stop for a second and talk about lights all real quick um last time lights all is a company that makes um most of what they make is flashlights and they've got they've got a headlamp that is the best headlamp I've ever used. They've got more of a torch, which is um, extremely, extremely bright handheld. Then they've got a lantern that's called the quadrant. And the thing of the thing that's cool about the lantern or the quadrant is that um, it's got four panels on it, and you can turn all of them on or all of them off. So you can have one, two, three, or all four of these different <coughs> excuse me panels that light up, and then you can adjust the brightness of them. And I know last time we talked, you hadn't had a chance to use yours much, but my, I clean my ducks in my garage and I've got a lamp in there that I use and that went out. And so what I've been using the last couple of weeks is just that quadrant. It sits on the wall and anytime I'm going to do anything, it's pretty dark in my garage. The lighting in there sucks pretty bad. Um, but I just flip on that quadrant. I've been using that as just my, my overall light source in there. So if you if you guys are fans of I didn't realize what a big fan I am of flashlights until the last three or four years. Um, and they also do have a little ti- a tiny flashlight called a cube and a smaller handheld one. But the, the ones that I really am in love with for myself personally are the quadrant, the um, head flashlight and then the, the big handheld. But if you guys are looking for a headlamp or or any other piece of qual- quality, well built flashlights. Go to lightsall.com. What what's that discount code for them? Uh it's duck hunting. And while we're on the kind of subject of the the quadrant, I will say uh I have been using it and there's two things I've kind of well, three things uh kind of use it for. One is if you get out in an area, it's great, like you're saying, with the four lights all the way around it. You can just set it down and do your whole duck hunting setup. Um so that kind of applies for the hunting scenarios. But um I also like it's just really convenient to hold in your hand and have it like I'll take it when I uh, take chief out to go to the bathroom um, mm-hmm. at night because you just have it, it lights up everything around you instead of having to beam a flashlight at him as he's you know doing his business you can kind of just keep track of him chief does have a tendency if he 
sees a wild animal or another dog or even a person, yeah. um, he is got the tendency to be gone. Um, <laughs> if I can't, you know, stop him mm-hmm. in time. And if he's gone, then, you know, so anyways, taking that out with me, um, as well. And then, like you said, as additional light source, it is really bright and I'll, I'll set it on the table when I'm cleaning my gun. Um, that way it kind of shines into those crevices and stuff where you're trying to make sure you get it clean. I normally, when I do it for that type of thing, I normally would just use the two panel. So it's not in my eyes, mm-hmm. um, which is really nice because then it just projects out or if I'm like trying to walk and with the magnetic base, like a lot of those campsites will have a place for a lantern, a metal, they'll have a picnic table and then a big pole beside it that runs up and kind of hooks over where you can put your lantern. Well, those are metal and this quadrant would be perfect for those. It's just magnetic. It just sits right on it. Get over your head. It's, it's a great piece. You guys check it out. Nice. So um, back to what we we're talking about. I had this thought the other day and I just assumed this forever and never even thought about it. So I've never explained this the way that the way that Kansas duck hunting kind of is set up. Um, do you guys in Indiana have man-made reservoirs that are used for rec- recreational uses? I believe so. Yes. Okay. So if you, but it's they're not a main, a main. I mean, if you're not even that sure, they're not like a big portion of or a big part of your consciousness, really, right? Uh, uh-uh, no. Okay. So in Kansas, I'm not sure when they started. I believe it was the 30s where they started uh, making these the the army corps of engineers started making these man-made lakes and they would get a river and basically dam it up <clears throat> and i'm pretty sure that they use it for um use the water rushing over the dam for hydroelectricity i believe and um and it also allows them to control floods and and they've, they've got these types of lakes all up and down the missouri from a, from a certain point but in kansas there's a bunch of these um, I think they started around the 20s or 30s, and the last one they made was around 85. So all of our waterfowl hunting is kind of centered around these reservoirs. So typically when the when the rivers come into these reservoirs, there are either natural areas that flood because when the lake backs up, you have a lot of rain, the reservoirs will fill, and then these pools will fill up. And then also they'll, they'll, they'll make pumps for these pools as well. So most of our hunting involves are you going to this reservoir or that reservoir and um within those reservoirs you've got the marshes and then when the marshes freeze you've got the main lakes so in within my we hunt probably consistently three different reservoirs um there's a lot more than i mean there's a bunch of these reservoirs around but and, and they don't they do not allow people to build home fronts on the shoreline of these either so that you get on them and it's not like I mean, you've all seen lakes where people's property goes right down right down to the edge well these these reservoirs in kansas they don't allow people to do that so all of our hunting kind of um centers around these reservoirs so we're, we're either going marshes or we're moving to the big areas of the lake or in some like some some area some reservoirs have better marshes some reservoirs are better um big lakes so we kind of bounce around between those three things and and all my life that's kind of how we've been then you will have some complexes in kansas that are only shallow water marshes because it's just real native natural marshes that have always been there and they maintain those but all of my duck hunting life has been so centered around these reservoirs that i've that i've kind of taken them for granted um to where i just kind of assume just out of ignorance that that's how it is other places but you know watching your hunting and 
and hearing how you do things, it just kind of dawned on me. It's like, I don't think that, that your hunting life revolves around reservoirs at all, really. No. Yeah, um, we do have some of those kind of dammed up rivers, and it's just loaded with houses. So, I mean, it does load up with birds, but we don't have mm-hmm. the same opportunity to hunt them. Because they let people build right down, and once they let people build around them, then they're going to restrict the hunting. Yeah, right. I mean, they don't even restrict the hunting, honestly. It's just... <laughs> um, so you can still hunt in those? Oh, yeah, you can still hunt it. It's just not my cup of tea, uh, if I yeah. you know. Yeah, I've seen some videos where, you know, people are hunting and, like, you can see houses all around and, and on lake bays. And, I, yeah, I would not like that at all. These yeah. reservoirs we have, and that's one thing I'm excited about you coming down here is just to for you to see... You know, even if we can spend a lot of time on on Saturday just showing you the type of environments we hunt, I think that will, I think that will be interesting um, to you. But the the shores of these reservoirs, I mean, you they're basically I'd say eighty to ninety percent of them are open to hunting without houses. So you, you know, it, it's 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 a really it's a neat. I I find it really enjoyable. So um it, like i said it just kind of dawned on me last week it's like you know maybe that's a lot more i don't know how many states built all these reservoirs and then didn't you know like ours and how many people how many different states hunting's kind of revolve around these reservoirs now then we've got creeks and we've got rivers that don't involve the reservoirs but if you talk you know week in week out what we're doing is going to be based on different reservoirs um and it's just interesting to me that maybe not near as many other states is like that is what Kansas in is something I've never thought about. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, that's was great foresight on them to to set that up. And I wish uh, I wish Indiana had some more like that, but uh, we don't um, any lake we have any reservoir, anything like that is surrounded by houses <laughs> yeah that that ruins the feel and in missouri you get this like i don't i'm sure you've heard of lake of the ozarks and Tabrock lake i assume that those are big enough that you've probably heard of them um at least but a lot of these big lakes in missouri they let everyone just lie in the banks of them and and it makes for a lot of pleasure and and those houses houses are beautiful and fun but when it comes to you know um waterfowl hunting not, not ideal certainly Mm-hmm. so so what we do is well is we have to we will watch we're real dependent on lake elevations and like this year um during the summer we had drought and so i'm always watching lake elevations lake elevations are about three four feet low um throughout kansas well so i mean throughout my area at least and then come when was that big rain um thinking it was early October we had that big rain well then all of the lakes came up like some lakes came up two feet some lakes came up five feet so what you had is you had all of this moist soil vegetation grow up on on the reservoir shorelines then you get a big influx of water and now they're all flooded um other years it's it's the opposite where you've got a lot of rain and then the, and then the water recedes and then you have mud flats on the shoreline which isn't as preferable as as um, and around here, it's smartweed is what naturally typically grows up, um, which ducks do like smartweed. So we're real dependent on watching our lake elevations and the elevation of the the rivers that come in, the flow into the um, into the lakes. And and some lakes, uh, I see my dad saying so, some lakes are actually there 
as for ir- there's irrigation lakes as well that were just built strictly for irrigation i don't think those are the lakes around us here but like right now um we had about a two inch rain and because the ground was so um, frozen before that all that water went into the inflow systems and we're actually in flood stage right now Hmm. um, which i've never seen a flood stage in in december which is going to throw a big cork into every some of the places that we were in fact the place we had been hunting the last three or four hunts we won't even hunt anymore because it came up two feet and now it's just going to be too deep to try to access for hunting and and so in this state it's really interesting and i don't know if if our group of hunters do this more than a lot of others but i i can tell you i'm constantly looking at um real-time water data and what what is the how much has the elevation come up how much has gone down and if the lake elevation has come up this much then what's that going to mean to this marsh or that marsh and and it's it's really interesting and, and i'm thinking maybe it's a lot more isolated to kansas than than what i had realized hmm. now i know oklahoma has a lot of reservoirs as well but i just wonder yeah, how many states are more like yours versus mine yeah i bet yeah it's probably in the more populated states are more or yet denser population of people i'd say would probably have houses around the lakes and all that kind of stuff yeah because indiana i would assume probably has more people per threat terminages per square mile that's probably not the, the best term to use but then kansas does i would assume yeah i, I would assume denser so population. Well. Yeah, especially up in the northern part of the state and obviously around the capital. But I think it does get more royal rule. I think, yeah, rule in uh, southern, kind of the southern uh, portion of the state. Yeah. And I'm in probably the densest population area of the state, which as you get around Kansas City, Kansas City, Wichita, um, but especially Kansas City, you've got a lot more denser population. And then the farther you go west, the the less people there are until you hit the border of Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. It can get so certainly as far as hunters, we're in a more dense population area. But I'm really excited to show you some of these reservoirs and and the marshes and just what they look like. And and that's one thing I wish about the videos is that I don't ever feel like I can fully portray what it actually looks like. It's hard to yeah. do. Well, I think you should probably start with maybe like a picture of the boat launch, maybe like <laughs> with the with the name. <laughs> <laughs> Season one, I showed a lot more of that. When I didn't, when no one was watching, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but once people started watching, because I had people be like, "Oh, here's I know where you're at. You're at you know this boat ramp and blah blah blah." I was like, "Okay, I don't think I'm gonna show boat ramps anymore." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no more boat ramps. <laughs> so uh, you want to go ahead and let's uh, hit up our freelance hunch hunt stats. Um, go ahead and go through those. Yeah, I better do mine for the full season. So, you know, I have nothing for the week. Yeah, I'll do mine as well for the full season. Um, okay. Not too much to update, I guess. Uh, but I'll I got mine pulled up already, so I'll just go through it. Uh, okay. Overall shooting, I'm at forty six percent. My 60? harvest sixty? No, 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 46, 46. Okay, well, that's still a, you really shot up because you you hit that slump. Yeah, yeah, I, I start. I mean, till season was doing good. Took me a while to get in the rhythm again. Um, but yeah, I've had some, you know, seven for seven days. Uh, um, I guess one thing I didn't mention is I'd, I'd been shooting my grandpa's gun the last two hunts, 
Um, shot a triple with it on Wood Ducks, which I uh, second second triple of the season. Uh, first time ever tripling on Wood Ducks. First one was a water swat. Actually, to kind of mention that, you know, we always get the negative comments on our YouTube channel here and there. Yeah. Take them with a grain of salt, but <laughs> don't want to give the guy too much crap, whoever he was. But um, so the video comes out. There is one water swat. So we have those four Wood Ducks come in and two land, and I call a shot. So there's four, two still in the air making sure we get a good shot. So I call a shot with two landed and I shoot one of them that's in the water. And, um, <laughs> um, and then, you know, I clean up a triple, um, you know, hit another one as it's coming through and hit one as it's going on the far side of the pond. Um, probably out there about 30 yards and, you know, super pumped and all that. But anyways, the guy comments, um, too much water swatting for my liking, but besides that, great hunt. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> one water swat out of the whole hunt. <laughs> it's too much, too many water swats for his liking. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So I got a good kick out of that. Uh, I didn't even comment back, but just got a good kick out of that. Cause too much, too many water swats. I'm like, man, I thought I called that shot just about as perfect as I could. Cause the two, if I would have called it when they're in the air, the other two, um, were just a little too far out that they could have jumped out of there without us being able to hit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're just wasting your time trying to jump this one up, like, Hey, hey bird, you know, and then the other two are going to be flaring. They're still flying. And so I'm like, there's I think that was literally about as perfect as you can call it to be able to shoot one on the water and get a triple. You got to be timing it really good. Yeah, I think devil's advocate, what they would, someone would say would be, you take the ones in the air first, and then you take the ones coming off the water. I think that's what they would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be true, but I, that's just a, uh, a lower percentage shot, so. <laughs> exactly, and that, and that's your counter. It's like, you know what, what, no, what I want to do is make sure that I kill them as efficiently and cleanly and humanely as possible, and this is my best route. So you keep your sportsmanship and your wounded birds, I'll take my killing them clean and painlessly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, but there is obviously extremes where then they're like, well, why don't you just let all four land, which <laughs> so it's just where yeah. do you draw the line? And my line is yeah. like, I do want to shoot them in the air, but if when I call a shot and I think it's the best time to call a shot, one's on the water, <laughs> that's the one I'm going to start with. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if that's the best way to, I mean, that's a great way to, I mean, you shot a triple. Yeah. I've shot two triples this year and both times the first shot was one on the water and then two more flying. Yeah. And, and I shot one triple this year. I can't even remember it. I'm trying to, I'm going to have to think back to when that was because I cannot remember it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, fun fact my first birds I ever shot was a triple on geese. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> I haven't not shot that many triples in my life. I, I, I should filter it and look. I don't, I don't shoot that many triples. Yeah. Um, well, you, I think you're pretty conservative on your shots, which yeah. is not a bad thing. So yeah. that probably limits the amount of triples you can have. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you got any more stat, stats to roll out? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I kind of got sidetracked through that, but um, I'll start from the beginning again. 46% shooting on the year. Um, harvest per hunt is low. Um, 1.76. 1.76 does not leave out the six. Let's round it up to 1.8. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, it's low. The season has, I mean, I've been, I've been grinding, but we've had some skunks. We've had some um, hunts that just haven't turned out how we thought. Um, and then I guess the next lost per hunt, 0.16, a little high. Shots fired per, per hunt, 4.2. 
Um, total hunts, I've been on 25 hunts so far. Harvest is 44. Lost, I've lost four. Um, <laughs> that one point, that 1.16, I don't think that's high. The The freelance hunt stats uh, this year is like averaging 0.3. So you're actually about half of what the global uh, average is on that. I tell you, if I didn't have Chief, I would be more than double that Lost Birds. Yeah, it's point three oh five is the global average, which is that is high. If you're losing, that's three ducks out of every ten hunts. Mm. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, in my opinion, doubles and triples, two and two uh, shots fired, one oh five, um, <laughs> and my total number is just uh, forty ducks. I'll just put those all together: forty ducks and four geese. So last year's numbers, I was somewhere in the sixties for ducks. And we only have two weeks left, and that includes also the the teal I shot in Kentucky. So if I take those out, I'm at 35 for the season. Um, and so two weeks, I'd have to make up pretty much double, or I'd have to double my season numbers to get what I was at last year. So th- that kind of shows you a little bit of the season I'm having. So how many more hunts do you think that you're going to go on this season? Um, well, last year... In the last week, so that's during Christmas week, two weekends. It's always just the hunts are fire and the temperatures are icy. So um, I usually get on four to five, uh, and then here it's just if I find birds. So I'm I'm probably counting on two or three more. Um, so we'll probably say eight for the season of Indiana hunts, mm-hmm. and then uh, I'll go on a couple with you in Kansas. Okay, so you got about ten more. Yep. Okay, let's. You still have quite a few. Okay. Um, so guys, we're keeping these stats at freelancehuntstats.com. It's a um, website that I've had created that works really well on your phone as well. Where you can log your hunts and keep track of your statistics and keep track of other people's statistics. Now, w- one thing that people they keep saying to me, I hear them over and over, it's like, well, I don't want to keep my shooting percentage. Well, then don't keep your shooting percentage. This, this site is not dependent on shooting percentage. If you don't want to keep your shooting percentage, just don't record it. It's no big deal. It'll just show up as, as a blank stat. Um, and then if down the road, if you decide you do want to, then you can you can start. But certainly keeping shooting percentage is something that not very many people do and not very many people want to do. So if you're interested in logging what you're doing, don't feel like you have to do shooting percentage, although I really fully enjoy it. And, and I'll say full- uh, one, one thing I'll say on this, too, as far as like a really good benefit of it, um, obviously the weather stuff and all that cool to see. But um you know, kind of seeing, seeing historical data on the locations you hunt and seeing how well you actually do, because it's kind of going back to something we've said, uh, we actually say in our, um, late season strategy hunt, you know, perception isn't always reality. Um, as far as how you feel about a hunt or how you feel about a location. Um, but if you can see the, the data, you know, year in and year out, you know, over a long term, it'd be really cool to see how well you do at spots. Yeah, it really is. I've I've got ten or eleven years now logged into this thing that I had just been tracking beforehand, and man, it is so much fun to go in and look and say, "Hmm, this is how many birds I've actually shot at this place. How many have more mallards? How have I done at this place when it's clear out? How have I done at this place on a clear north wind?" I mean, the 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 ways in which you can sort this stuff is just really really interesting and fun fun to do it it adds a lot of enjoyment so uh, 
yeah, good plug. Um, my shooting percentage is way above my lifetime. I'm shooting 59.8%. Lifetime, I think I'm about 46 or 47. So shooting-wise, I'm having a great year. Um, I'm averaging this year five ducks per hunt, which is about double my lifetime average. Uh, losing 0.12 ducks per hunt. Firing 8.5. I've been on 16 hunts. Uh, I'm at 80 waterfowl, two lost. Um, eight doubles, one triple. I've shot 137 shells. And um, interesting thing is, I, what I is is I like to look at how many different locations I've hunted in those 16 hunts. So there's been two places we've hunted three times, one place we've hunted twice, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine places we've only hunted once, which I find to be really, really interesting um, to look at, like the bird per average at each place and how many times I'm hunting each place. I find that interesting. So how um, many days have you said you hunted again? 16. 16 hunts. Um, so those numbers, one, three, four, six, six, eight. Yeah. I was add, double adding the numbers of the, the locations to see if it matched. But that's, um, I've shot 38 blue wing teal, 14 mallards, 11 green wings, seven gadwall, one buffalo head, which is the first buffalo I've ever shot in my life. One mallard hen, one ring neck, one widgeon, and six geese. So I'm hoping that, that the mallards can um, eclipse the, the, the blue wing teal for the season. What's your total on the ducks then? Total on ducks would be 74. 74 ducks. Man. (laughs) Yeah. Where this is the best year. This is the best year I've ever had. Um, Now, whether it continues or not, I've never shot 100 ducks or 100 waterfowl. I shot 92 waterfowl last year. Um, I think about 78 of those were ducks. So if, if we can finish even decent, I will, I will hit that hundred duck mark, which is kind of, we've always considered that to be the kind of the pinnacle for, especially if you're can't waterfowl hunt 80 times a year for having a full-time job, shooting a hundred ducks is really, really, I think something I'd never thought I would do with a full-time job. So, um, I've got about 12 to 14 hunts left and I need about 25 ducks. So I can, if I, if I just will pull two ducks per hunt, over the over the last portion then ab certainly this would be my my best waterfowl season ever i mean it's like i've always had like some seasons will have a really great september and a really great october and then i always have one month that just sucks and so this is and i've always said to myself one of these years i'm gonna have a good every month and so so far it's been this year september october november just have all been good. So December, if I can even just have one hot month out of the next two, um, as long as, as long as we don't go into a prolonged bad stretch, which certainly can happen. It can mm-hmm. certainly happen. So as long, <laughs> as long as that doesn't happen, this will be the best, the best year ever. The global shooting percentage this year in 1,132 hunts. So there's a, a tab on this where you can see everyone who's logged this season out of 1,132 hunts, there the shooting percentage is 39.9. Hmm. So, <laughs> excuse me, you're well above average. <coughs> oh man, All lots right. of mallard hens shot. 682 mallard drakes, 316 mallard hens. That's more than what I would have thought. Hmm. Well, I know. 
that I don't try to shoot, not shoot them unless obviously I'm at my, uh, my limit of, you only can shoot two. I think it's, I don't know what it is in every state, but Indiana, you can shoot two pins yeah. and then two drakes or as many drakes as you can shoot. So, um, but mine, interestingly enough, uh, I shoot more drakes than hens. Yeah, it's two. It's two here as well. I noticed um, up in Canada, early season September, the people on using freelance sunsets were shooting like two to one hen to Drake, and that's when you can't really tell them apart. So you can just shoot whatever up there. But it was a dispor- dis- disproportionate number of hens up in Canada, which I found interesting. I wonder if people were just putting them as hens because they couldn't. Maybe. <laughs> and also, you got to think yearlings. You can't tell at all till. Yeah, maybe so. Especially that early, they, they all look like hens. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. somebody messaged on one of my videos because I only can shoot four <laughs> mallards. Mm-hmm. They can shoot seven in Utah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's insane! And, wow. Uh, yeah, Slade Northwest wasn't he saying the same thing in Washington or God, Washington? Seven. That's crazy. <laughs> we can shoot five. Yeah, I thought that was generous, but no. Nope, five seven. and a bonus duck. Five and a bonus duck and six geese, which I think is really six geese is a ton of geese. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that's a good place to go ahead and wrap this podcast up. Um, you got any last words? I don't. I'm just ex- really excited to get out this weekend and find out what these birds are doing, see what's frozen, and just get out there and, and hunt again. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to you coming down here, which is coming up relatively quickly, too. Hopefully, we're going to have fun regardless, but hopefully we can get yeah. on some birds and make it. I'm- I'm looking Thank forward you. to it. It's gonna be uh gonna be awesome. So <laughs> it'll be fun having you film those. You're filming both those suns, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that'll be fun too. Oh yeah. So all right, guys. That's all we got for this week. Thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Couldn't do it without the awesome Duck Gun podcast um crew. So uh that's all we got for this week make sure you jump over there give us a five-star review over there on itunes really appreciate it um maybe if we get enough of them that will clear up his cough and um (laughs) three months and going (laughs) yeah uh and also make sure if you haven't yet uh, i know a lot of you guys do and a lot of you guys originated from our youtube content but check us out we put our hunts out there um got multiple coming out a week and uh, Elliot Freelance Duck Hunting on YouTube. I'm Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube. That's all we got for this week, and we'll see you guys next time.